You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. It is Tuesday, January 4th, and this is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Lance Glenn. I hope everyone had a happy and healthy new year and is ready for what I'm sure will be a positive 2022. This is our first episode of the new year. I know we had a couple emergency episodes on Sunday for Harold Perkins' commitment to Texas A&M and Amaria Bohr's commitment to Ohio State, but this is at least our first scheduled episode, I should say. So while we had the Under Armour All-American game in Orlando this past week, we now shift gears to the All-American Bowl set for Saturday, January 8th in San Antonio. So first and foremost, make sure to stay locked in with 247sports.com as we have so many national analysts and team site analysts down in Texas covering the week of practice and Saturday's game. But joining me now to preview the week ahead is one of those great 24-7 sports personalities currently in Texas. That's national recruiting analyst, Brandon Huffman. Brandon, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on and for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, It's been a good start to the week and we finally get after action at practice today. So, Brandon, I want to first take a look at at the week overall and the influence it could have on the 24-7 sports rankings. You know, we know that whether it's this game, the Under Armour game, or any other showcases, for example, it's best on best. Players really get a chance to show on really every rep. They really get a chance to show what they got against other top-level talent. How big of a barometer can this week of practice and the game on Saturday be in determining whether to either move recruit up or maybe even move a recruit down in the rankings? Well, it's, you know, I'll give you some recent context. The last time there was a game was in 2020. And that week we had Brian Garcia as the number one player for the majority of the year. And after that final week in San Antonio, we moved Bryce Young to the number one overall player in the 2020 class. Two years later, he won the Heisman Trophy. Also that week, speaking of Alabama, and this won't be an Alabama-centric podcast, but it tells you kind of what, what players have done that same week, probably somewhere in the 20s, was Will Anderson. By the time the week was done, he moved into the number five overall player. Our alpha dog from the beginning of the week till the end of the week through the game ended up being Noah Sewell, who also made a run from being a, a, a low four or a low five-star, high four-star, low five-star to firmly entrenched in the top 15. And, you know, you look at the three best players the course of that week, Bryce Young, you had uh, obviously Will Anderson, you had uh, Noah Sewell. And then another guy who, you know, was already kind of teetering on the edge of being a five-star, but ended up sneaking into that five-star range was CJ Stroud. So just the most recent All-American Bowl itself saw the Heisman Trophy winner, another Heisman Trophy finalist, and they should have been Heisman Trophy finalists, all plus the Pac-12, you know, probably one of the top three players in the Pac-12, all have such dominant weeks that it firmly entrenched them in the final rankings based on what they did in San Antonio. And look, we talk about rankings and you mentioned some guys that did move up and there are guys now that are on the edge of that five-star category. Cooper Patagna, in fact, a colleague and a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports had a good piece about it on the website yesterday. He mentioned names like Eni White and T-Mac. I can't pronounce it, but you know it uh, as two that could possibly <laughs> make the jump. What do you think those guys can do to, to take that next step and grab that fifth star? 
Yeah, I think in you know in the case of, of T Mac and and I White, they both played against tremendous competition in high school. They've been the alphas on just about every field they've been on. You know, Tamara McMillan was the overall MVP at the opening Invitational Finals this past summer in Southern California. So at the last big national showcase before the season, he was the top guy. And now it's just a matter of you know he's never going to blow you away with his testing times, with his you know elite uh, or, or I guess lack of elite world class speed. But what he does is every time football pads are on or football's being played, he's the best player on the field. With Anai White, kind of the same thing. You know, I, I think Anai's overshadowed a bit by the other players in the Texas A&M class. And now it's his opportunity to come out this week and, and to really dominate and make his move back up. You know, he had a good senior season. I wouldn't call it like elite, but it was a good senior season. Now you do it on a national scale against good elite national offensive linemen. That's what pushes you over the edge. You know, the Tor McDonald did it in the best conference or the, the best high school conference, high school league in the country in the Trinity League. But now he's going up against not just DBs from the West Coast, but DBs from all over the country. And so those are the kind of guys that everything they've done their senior year is kind of built up to now you got one more week to do it. Now do it. Switching positions now, looking at the quarterbacks of the most recent rosters. I saw seven quarterbacks are set to play in this game. You got Penn State, and, and I'll name them all. Penn State signee Drew Aller, Oklahoma signee Nick Evers, Missouri signee Sam Horn, Georgia signee Gunnar Stockton, Ohio State signee Devin Brown, Clemson signee Kate Klubnick, and Alabama signee Ty Simpson. A lot of guys, a lot of signees in that group. Of those seven, and I know a lot of names there, who are a couple that you're really looking forward to watching throw over the weekend, of course, during the game on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it's to tell you the volatility of what football's like in 2021 and 2022. Uh, Sam Horn had to pull out because of an injury. Justin Martin from Inglewood, California, UCLA signee, jumped in. So now he's got an opportunity to, to make a name for himself as the lowest-rated guy. But, you know, this has been kind of an ongoing battle all year. With Quinn Ewers reclassifying to the 2021 class, it's been a matter of, is Drew Aller the number one guy? Is it Kate Klubnick who's the number one guy? You know, a guy like Gunnar Stockton, who's been setting records left and right in Georgia. Is he a guy that can make a, a late rally? You know, Devin Brown has had probably the fastest rise and, and the biggest rise of any quarterback in the 2022 class. A guy who, when he committed to USC in the fall of 2020, uh, when he was a junior in Arizona, was a three-star. And then as the course of the spring went along and he had some really good Elite 11 performances and then had a, a big performance at the Elite 11 finals going into his senior year, which he played at Cornier Canyon High School, which Jackson Dart had a fantastic senior year. Devin Brown did the same thing, broke some state records at Cornier Canyon. Canyon. Now he's a top five guy. He could continue to trend up. Justin Martin, you know, a guy who had to wait his turn backing up some guys that were both Division One quarterbacks at Sarah, made the move to Inglewood, didn't start his first high school game until March. Now he's got a chance, but, you know, I, I think overall you've got a really good, deep quarterback pool there, but the real story is going to be, is it Cade Klubnick or is it Drew Aller? That's the QB1 in this class. Right now, it's Drew Aller with Cade Klubnick. We, we talked about the Tor McMillan, his performance at the Elite or at the, uh, the opening Invitational. Those, that same week at the Elite 11 Finals, Cade Klubnick was the alpha every single day and then was the overall MVP at the Elite 11 Finals. So, you know, does he now show that what he did in t-shirt and shorts at that event, but what he did more importantly at Austin Westlake, leading him to a couple state championships, and then does that carry over into his final week of football into high school ranks at the Alamo Dome. Does that do enough to move him ahead of Drew Aller to be the number one quarterback in this class when it's all said and done? That's a guy that I think, you know, the, the Drew Aller 
Kate Klubnik's storyline is probably going to be the most fascinating of all. Just like two years ago, it was Bryce or DJ for number one. So Brandon, a couple more from me. Look, these games are obviously filled with storylines and filled with players that could make instant impacts come the 2022 season. Is there a guy or maybe multiple guys that you think participating in this game could play significant roles on their team next year, regardless of the position that they play? Yeah, I think there's, you know, quite a few guys. I mean, you know, going back to Kate Klubnik, I mean, there's, I would say that DJ Uyangalele didn't necessarily completely lock up that quarterback job at Clemson. Now, it was seemed to be his going into the year, but now with Kate Klubnik, you know, and now that you've got a new offensive coordinator at Clemson, you've got, you know, new assistant coaches all throughout the Clemson coaching staff. Maybe they think that Kate Klubnik is the guy. You know, it's not uncommon to see, you know, Davo in, in 2017, a year after winning the national championship with Deshaun Watson as the quarterback, he starts Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant takes Clemson to the playoffs, has them as the number one seed going into the playoffs. They lose to Alabama. He starts a couple games his junior year, and then it became so obvious and evident that Trevor Lawrence was the guy that Davo switched to Trevor Lawrence, even though Kelly Bryant had taken under the playoffs the year before. Well, now DJ comes in, he has a decent year. They go 10 and three. They don't make the playoffs for the first time to 2014. Maybe next year, Kate Klebnik now makes that push to he ends up the guy that is a true freshman is now running the Clemson offense. So I think he's a guy that I think has a good opportunity to be the starter potentially moving forward. I think Marvin Jones, you know, you, you look at Georgia's defensive line, you look at their front seven, they've got a lot of talent there, but there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be leaving for the NFL after the season. So now Marvin Jones, who's one of the best looking kids here, six, four and a half, 250 pounds. He could be a guy that ends up playing. I would imagine that, you know, Michael Williams on that same defensive line out of Georgia, going to Georgia, he might be a guy that puts himself into contention to play early. And then if you're looking at a guy who I think might might look the most college ready right now of anybody here. It's Keontae Goodwin, the 6'8", 340-pounder from Indiana who's been committed to Kentucky, uh, who had five other schools, taken for in for official visits in the fall, tried to push him. But this guy looks like he's going to be able to play right away. Uh, one other offensive lineman to note that I think has a chance to play early is Tegra Shibola out of a Lakota West, who's going to Ohio State, another player that I think so. There, there's quite a few guys here on this roster that you look at and you think these guys are going to have the opportunity to contend for early playing time. And this is kind of the coming out party week where it's one thing to do it on your high school team. It's one thing to do it, you know, with the guys you grew up playing with, but it's another thing to do it against a loaded elite national roster lined up across from all right, Brandon, last one from me. Are there any storylines you're kind of tracking from a recruiting perspective that fans should keep their eyes on heading into this weekend? Yeah, I mean, besides the obvious ones of, you know, how the rich keeps seemingly getting richer, I think George is going to be in line to have a potentially big day on Saturday for some announcements. Obviously, Alabama still has their share of guys in this game. I think one of the most fascinating storylines here that, that's going to potentially play out on Saturday is USC. You know, they... At the start of the first day of the early signing period on that Wednesday, USC had the 105th ranked class in the country and the 12th ranked class in the Pac-12. Over the course of the final three days uh, of the early signing period, they landed commitments and signings from Damani Jackson, from Zion Branch, two top 50 players. They ended up moving up about 30 spots, but now they are in the uh, mix to get an announcement from C.J. Williams, a top 100 player from Modern Day High School, or Damani Jackson, or Leek Brown, who flipped from Oklahoma to USC. Damani, who looked like he might end up at Alabama. He ended up signing with USC. Now, CJ, a longtime commit to Notre Dame. He's also looking at USC. 
He potentially could announce for them on Saturday. Hero Canoe from Santa Margarita, top 100 player. He's going to have a USC hat. You're going to also have a guy like Cyrus Motts, who didn't even have USC in his final three when he named it. He had Arizona State, Alabama, and Oregon. All of a sudden, USC got right back in it. They signed his teammate Zion Branch. They got a commitment from another one of his teammates, Zechariah Branch, in the 2023 class. Now you get Cyrus Moss, and you add Cyrus Moss and CJ Williams to the mix. Now USC's class continues to trend up, and that's in basically a three-week span from when Lincoln Riley got hired to the early signing period. So it's showing that momentum that USC is hoping to build to close out the 22 class as they head into the 2023 class. So I think you know it's hard to say it's a crazy storyline when we're so used to USC's recruiting acumen over the years. But considering what it's been like the last couple of years, USC could end up closing this class pretty strong in 2022 and poise themselves for a pretty big 2023 class. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon Huffman, National Recruiting Editor for 24-7 Sports. Brandon, thanks so much for hopping on. Really appreciate the time and enjoy yourself this week in San Antonio. Have some fun out there. Absolutely. Well, I'll be eating all kinds of good food by the end of the week and making the most of my trip down here, Lance. <laughs> Have a good one. Have a good one. All right. Make sure to stay locked into 247sports.com for the latest on the All-American Game in San Antonio. For Brandon Huffman, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. 